0: Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, Episode 41. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running a business while traveling full-time. Today on the podcast, backed by popular demand, I'm interviewing my wife, Alyssa. Alyssa and I run a Facebook group called Make Money and RV, which is a resource for people who are transitioning into the full-time travel lifestyle. And each day we admit around 30 to 50 new members to that group. And there are a lot of questions that people have each day, everything around internet, uh, what business tools we use, I mean, what tools we use to run our business while we're traveling, and other. A million other types of RV questions. So for this episode, we've taken some of the most popular questions from that group, and we're going to do our best to answer them on today's show, in addition to a few side tangents of our own. A few things we talk about on today's episode is our experience from renting out our RV for the first time over Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. The realities of full-time RVing, the highs and lows that we've had over the past few years, what the next few years of RVing look like for us, tools that we use on the road for RVing and our business and our dynamic of working together and living in an RV. I'm super grateful to have Alyssa on the podcast again today because you guys get to listen to me talk all the time. You get to, or you have to, whatever. And Alyssa is my partner in business and in life and and for adventures and everything else. So it'll be cool for you guys to get to kind of hear more about how we make decisions together and how we run our business together uh, because this isn't something that we've talked about a lot. So I'm excited to bring her on and share some of these details. And before getting into today's episode, I just want to take a minute and thank Joel Wild. Alyssa and I recorded this podcast in the RV. I do most of my episodes over Skype when I'm interviewing people. And I made a really stupid mistake and I deleted the original audio from this podcast. Joel Wild, uh, a guy in our Facebook group who does audio uh, editing, took our audio, our backup audio and turned it into something that didn't sound terrible for you guys to listen on today's podcast. He worked his magic. And so if you're looking for somebody who can work some editing magic from the keyboard, hit me up because I'll put you in contact with Joel and uh, super grateful for that, Joel. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Alyssa Padgett. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to today's show. I am recording live in the RV today. Uh, the person I'm recording with, aka my wife, is... Uh, we've been traveling now for... I don't know why. <laughs> that
1: was the weirdest <laughs> intro ever. I was
0: gonna, A.K.A. my wife. I was, I was going to try to do something funny where I was like, the person I'm interviewing today has been traveling in their RV for two and a half years and... Uh, I was going to make it all fancy, kind of how I do my other podcast episodes, but I And think, then
1: surprise, it's me. Yes,
0: and then surprise, it's you. Uh, and I was going to also make a joke about how I've been RVing for one month longer because I moved into the RV a little bit before you. You did. And, uh, but then I just thought... But that, to
1: be fair, when you lived in it before me, you flooded it.
0: That's true. That so did I
1: moved in and then things were okay in yeah. the house.
0: Well, I wanted to bring you back on the show because it's been a long time since we've recorded a podcast together, and it's pretty much backed by popular demand, because I don't know if I've told you this. I've gotten quite a few emails from people saying, I really enjoyed the episodes with you and Alyssa, and I haven't done one in a while, so I'm bringing you back.
1: It's because the last time we did one, we got a really big fight.
0: I don't know. Did we get in a big fight? Was it the one you were cutting my hair? No. I never released that. (laughs) Maybe I should release that right now. You shouldn't
1: release that one. (laughs) He's decided to start recording our conversation while I was cutting his hair, and it was a very bad podcast idea.
0: Just so you know, probably some of the biggest fights that Alyssa and I have had, this is just jumping into the the nitty-gritty stuff, Mm -hmm. some of the biggest fights that we've had in the past two and a half years of RVing are pretty much when I decide to press go and just start recording something via camera, iPhone, whatever and not really ask her or give her enough time to, you know, get makeup on, get ready, or just, you know, have enough time to prepare. And so...
1: I'm, like, ask permission.
0: Okay, I'm here publicly to say I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and I would also just like to say that the rise of Facebook Live, Twitter Live, Snapchat, Instagram videos is just working towards my demise because (laughs) it's just like I enjoy pressing those buttons and then I just put the camera in your face and I'm like, here you go, it's 9 a.m. I've been awake for a few hours. I'm sorry that you haven't had your first cup of coffee.
1: And it's very annoying. It is
0: annoying. But let's get into some of the questions. So today's format, podcast episode format, we're going to be digging into questions that people have sent us in one form or another or asked us through email, our Facebook group, Make Money in RV, and actually the centralized document that we're going off of today was whenever we ask people about the RV Entrepreneur Summit, we asked them what they'd like to learn. This is our upcoming conference that we're hosting in February outside of Austin, Texas. And we have, so we have this long list of subjects that people are you interested about. You
1: talk really fast. Do I? Yeah, you should slow down. I've
0: had three cups of coffee this morning, so maybe it's that. Dude,
1: most, you gotta get a half-calf.
0: Most, I guess most of my guests don't give me critiques like this, so.
1: Well, they're not here. M-
0: maybe another reason why I haven't had you, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. So, so we
1: had the form for the RV Entrepreneur Summit, and we asked people what they would want to learn at the conference and why they wanted to come, which are pretty similar questions to ask. And so we have a lot of responses. I think we've had like 130 people fill out the form. Wow, that many. I could be making that up.
0: No, it's definitely... last time It's I looked, over 100. Like, yeah, last time I looked, it was definitely over 110, and so there's maybe been more people. So if you're listening to the side note, and it's before February... Uh, of 2017, and you're interested in going to our RV Entrepreneur Summit, it's going to be awesome, and you can go to our website at the show notes for this page and check it out. Go to heathandalissa.com. You can find links on our website about the RV Entrepreneur Summit (laughs) by the time this airs.
1: Yeah, because as of this moment, they're not live.
0: They're not there, but they will be. They will be. Okay, so diving into this episode, we're just going to have a bunch of random questions, dive into some different subjects. The first thing, talk about the elephant in the RV. Which is the fact that last week we rented out our RV for the first time. We did. And...
1: Actually, well... We, technically, it's the second. Technically, it's the second. But this we actually did through an RV rental company. service, company. Marketplace. Marketplace. Sounds official. Very official, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so we rented it through Outdoorsy. There's another uh, big company in the marketplace for peer-to-peer RV rentals called RVShare, And I want to start off talking about this today because Alyssa just wrote a blog about it. And this is something we've caught a lot of flack about in the RV community because uh, for a lot of different reasons. People are just terrified of renting out their RV. And I totally get all of these different scenarios that could play out. They could drive your RV off the Grand Canyon. Some guy eats some bad cheesesteak or something and like has to go to the bathroom and you can't get the smell out. Uh, you know, like they could wreck it. There could be all these different situations that happen. And it's kind of scary. And so how did you feel about us renting out RV on uh, Outdoorsy?
1: Well, I never thought of any of the scenarios that you just mentioned. But but
0: you've seen all of the crazy stuff that people have. Yeah, been. Yeah. yeah.
1: Especially like the our parents and our aunts and uncles, like that age group <laughs> of, of people. I think for us, because we're younger, our whole adult lives, we've had Airbnb and HomeAway and Relay Rides or, or Turo. I've
0: kind of grown up with it.
1: Yeah, so it's, like, super common that we can just rent and borrow other people's things. And I think when you do it this way, like, if I'm renting your RV, I I get to meet you. I know who you are. You're a real person. Rather than if I'm just going to go rent an RV through, like, Enterprise or Cruise America, like, whatever, one of these big corporate conglomerations, like, I don't care as much because I know if something bad happens, like, they can take care of it. And they've got insurance and blah, 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 blah. But this is like a real person that you're meeting. So yeah. when I think of peer-to-peer RV rentals, I feel like that's way safer and a better option.
0: Yeah, no, that makes app. sense. And i and reading a lot of the reviews before we jumped in and decided to do Outdoorsy. That's what a lot of people said. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, uh, it's different. Because if you're going through one of these big companies like Cruise America, people just run those things into the ground, but it, you know, if you're meeting, if you're doing it from a person, then it's okay. And just to give people context, there were a few different reasons why we decided to rent out our RV. Uh, first of all, we live in it full time. Obviously we talked about, you know, we travel in it. We've done all different parts of the country this year in Canada, as well, all
1: 50 States, then all 50
0: States. And so we live in our RV full time.
1: Actually, I had a dream last night that we shipped our RV to Hawaii to Maui, just so that we could say we rv at all 50 States. That's actually a
0: really good idea. I like that. That's a
1: terrible, expensive idea. What if we
0: could partner up with an RV company as like a PR stunt, just so when people are smart aleck and ask, how'd you get to Hawaii, we can say, well, we took our RV there. No?
1: Future. Okay. Future idea.
0: Anyway, so there are a few different reasons why we decided to rent our RV. One... Uh, we just wanted to try it out. Uh, we've heard a lot of people talk about renting out their RV. We suggest people take trial trips and renting out an RV before they jump into it full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason why was because we actually accidentally rented it out earlier this year in March to our friends Wes and Tira and his family. We How going you
1: say accidentally? Well, we, weren't, <laughs> we didn't
0: plan it. Uh, we, didn't. it he was, uh, we were leaving. Uh, we were in Florence, Alabama, editing our documentary we were leaving for a week to go skiing in Utah with my family, and Wes was renting out an RV online to drive to Texas. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to rent it out. I have to drive up to Nashville to get it. It's going to be 1800 bucks for like four days. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, well, we're not going to be in an RV this week. I trust this guy. He's one of our best friends. Why don't you just take our RV, and I'll give you a killer rate. And it ended up working out. He got some third-party insurance, so it was insured through his business, and also he got through another insurance provider as well. And I felt really safe about it. We went through everything multiple times. We recorded video, so they knew what to do about it. And they took it to Texas, had a great time with it. We got it back. It covered the cost of our whole vacation. And so we're thinking in our heads, this is awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, we can make income while we're not there. And it covers our time when we're out of the RV. And so last couple of weeks, we've been at your family's house. The RV is getting some work done on it. And we also, uh, your sister's pregnant. So, uh, Natalie's pregnant. So you had the baby shower and all that good stuff for her. So we're like, why can't why don't we just try to rent it out again?
1: Over the holidays. Yeah. So how'd it go? I think it went fine. I mean, they seemed to have a really good time. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what all they, they did whenever they had the RV. It was like a couple and their dad and their son. So, I don't know. They had a good Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like they had a good time. and Our RV
1: was, is just the same as it was when they picked it up
0: yeah so we really didn't have like any hardcore takeaways for anybody we just want to share i guess our share our experience well
1: right? i think like that's the point is that nothing happened well yeah because everyone's worried oh something bad's gonna happen guess what it's fine and it was just Relax. an experiment
0: too right like it was just an experiment yeah. to try it out and uh we i think we're renting it out for somewhere between 200 250 a day similar to so you have
1: it listed for 200 a day
0: 200 a day And that's similar comparable to what some of these other bigger companies charge for RVs that have been driven a lot and are not as nice as ours. And so it's just an experiment earning some income when we weren't using the RV. Uh, And so we're actually going to do it again during Christmas when we're with my family. I don't know if we'll rent it out more after that. I think we're going to take it offline, but it was still a cool experience and made some extra money when we weren't in it. And so, yeah, we just want to share that with you guys. Let's shift and talk about the realities of full-time RVing. This is something else people have brought up a lot. They just, I think partly they just want to know if we're BSing all the time and talking about how cool the RV life is, (laughs) but it's a really realistic question. Well, I
1: think with Instagram being so hot right now, especially like in travel and like hashtag van life, when you look at all those photos, it's like, wow, full-time RVing is amazing. I would love to do that. And people are like, okay, where's the poop?
0: (laughs) If you if you listen if you watch How I Met Your Mother, you'll get that reference. Where's
1: the poop, Robin? <laughs> where's the
0: poop? Basically, where's the real stuff that's happening? Yeah. Because yeah, Instagram does contribute to that a lot. It's all the and we probably do it too. There's all these nothing but epic photos of all this awesome stuff that's happening. Yeah. So I guess in this format we can get into some of the real stuff. So somebody said, I know it's not all fun in games, but I want to understand how difficult slash rewarding it really is. So what do you think has been what do we think, I'll ask you first, has mm-hmm. been some of the biggest highs and lows of our being? I
1: would say the highs are obviously the travel aspects, all the things that you get to see and experience that I mean we're twenty-five.
0: So what so real specific, what has uh-huh. been like just one of the biggest highs? It doesn't have to be like number one, but just like grab a grab a memory.
1: Biggest high. Okay, going to Banff this summer. That was awesome. Banff National Park that's up in Alberta in the Canadian Rockies. Absolutely gorgeous that should be on your bucket list no matter what most beautiful place i think we would say that we've ever been yeah beautifully one of oh my gosh (laughs) top top rving trips period and like driving the alaskan highway all the way up to alaska through the yukon and everything that was gorgeous too so i think all these things that most people don't get to experience for us it's like oh all the other 25 year olds or 20 year olds like they don't have these opportunities because they're working full-time or they live in a house or whatever. And so for us, it's full-timing is that conduit that gets us to do all these cool things. So
0: that's those are the highs. Yeah. Basically, you have to leave the United States and go to Canada is what you're saying. <laughs> no, that's not true. We've had a lot of awesome times. So. What would you say has been some of the biggest? Yeah,
1: America's cool too. <laughs> what
0: would you say has been some of the biggest lows or a couple of the really low moments that we've had while RVing where we've just been like, man. This Yesterday,
1: is I couldn't see the floor in the bedroom because of all of your clothes. That was, was the lowest moment. is, I mean, there's just clothes everywhere. And so I, I had this moment where I thought, we're living in this really tiny space. Is it worth it? And then I was like, yeah, I really don't care. It's I don't, It's not really, it doesn't feel small because it allows us to do all these cool things. And then I cleaned up all your clothes.
0: So that was a low moment.
1: I mean, that's one of the things you think of, like when you think of RVing, living in a small space and things get messy and things get cramped. Is it worth it in the long run for us? Yes. And I feel like we've really adopted more of a minimalist lifestyle and it helps that we started RVing when we were younger. We started like right when we got married, so we didn't really have a lot of chances to accumulate a lot of things and really get attached to all these sentimental things. I don't know, pieces of furniture or whatever people have in their homes. Voodoo dolls. Yeah, I didn't have any voodoo dolls that I was attached to, Heath. Uh,
0: so <laughs> I think for me, high high moments, obviously shared Banff this summer, Road to Alaska last summer. Oh,
1: really? Just Canada?
0: It was amazing. It really was. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, but also probably, I, think, I would say driving up in the Northeast during the fall, during our first year of our being, I cannot wait to go back to up there during the fall time especially because we spent October of this year in Texas sweating our butts off.
1: Dude, it was so hot. It was so Ridiculous. Hot. It was October.
0: Anyway, so I'd say that was definitely one of the biggest highs. Really, most of hourly America was a high, and we still have had mm. so many awesome memories since then. Low moments, hmm. I think I think of that moment when we were, it sounds weird, and I keep go, I always go back to this moment, but when we were in the parking lot of Portland, Concordia in Portland yeah, and it was our, we had been on the road for a little over a month and I just remember having a boondock and it was really hot, but we were trying to save money. And there were so many unknown factors. I remember laying in bed late working on a blog titled like the the honest truth of RVing and travel and, and just kind of just iterating on like, i wanted to, you know, have the luxury to be honest of going to an RV park or something like that, but we were trying to cut money. And so that's why we were doing it and trying to go to this conference and it was just hard because I remember thinking, like, I, I wish we were making more income at that point, but we were trying to cut costs and keep going in the lifestyle. And I'm glad that we persevered through that. But I just remember thinking in moments like that, like, this is kind of rough. Uh, this isn't exactly the type, type of travel I would love to be doing. But I remember kind of thinking, and I think some of the, for me, some of the more moments has been trying to figure out, like... Do we leave, you know, like when we were working and doing client, when we first started doing client work that were fully independent last year on our own, and I was trying to leave work with Ja, because mm-hmm. that was a full-time gig. Mm-hmm. This is hard. Are we going to be able to make it and do our own thing? And to me, I feel like those have been some of the more difficult moments too.
1: Is figuring out how to make it on your own?
0: Yeah. And just hoping that, you know, the well doesn't dry up and that we continue to do client work. And that was last August. It's been over a year and you know we've still been continuing to you know make it and find more opportunities. So it's it's really cool in that regard. But I think of those as kind of my I guess low moments—not the clothes on the floor, but to each his own, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're you're worrying about money and work and guess,
0: yeah, it's all it more real things.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so another question is: What do the next few years of RVing look like for us?
1: Well, we already decided 2017. We're doing the East. And we're not exactly sure what that route looks like. Oh,
0: I am. I already plotted it out. You didn't didn't get that forward?
1: Heath, if you (laughs) asked him, like, where's New Hampshire on the map, he would have no idea.
0: I'd have a pretty darn close idea.
1: He would have no idea. He's not, geography is not his thing. What's the capital of New Hampshire? Concord.
0: Okay, good. Good job. Keep going.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to do the east. And like Heath said, like, we want to do the fall in the east again. So we're planning on going up the coast, hopefully doing some of the Carolinas, and then all the way up to Maine and Prince Edward Island. We have a Canadian Parks Pass. Actually, in 2017, all Canadian national parks are free. So we have a Parks Pass that is going to be basically useless, but we have one. So we want to hit those Canadian parks up in that area and Acadia and Maine. So that's like 2017. 2018... You're going to take me to Australia and New Zealand and we're going to RV around there Whoa. because they, they speak English mostly. But then after we, we get really acclimated to that, then you're going to fly me over to Europe and we're going to try to hit most of the countries in the EU.
0: Good to know that my life's planned for the next few years. Yeah. So it's 2017. I need to hustle and get campground booking off the ground so that mm-hmm. we can take it to all these different countries.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really expensive to fly to New Zealand. <laughs> And rent an RV for a couple months. So if you could get on making us a bunch of money, that'd be okay,
0: great. Okay. So that's what the next few years look like.
1: Low uh, pressure. All
0: right. So jumping into a, quite a few random questions, kind of just rapid fire.
1: How These you, are from the form still?
0: Uh Yeah, okay. more or less. Some some of them are from the form in the form of statements. And I just kind of morphed into my own questions okay. for us. <laughs> uh, how do you know a full-time RVing is right for you? What would you say based off our experiences? How would you know?
1: You have to try it, because I wouldn't say it was right for me when before we started. Before, whenever we were just planning on doing a 50-state tour, I never would have thought about doing an RV. And he came to me with the idea of a truck camper. And I was like, um, that's a really small thing to live in. I don't think I could do that. And we went for it anyway. Uh, well, not in a truck camper, but in a motorhome. Thank and, goodness. And, yeah, thank goodness. We needed that extra space. And I loved it. And Heath loved it, and I don't think either of us expected that we would, right? I mean, RVing, like, that's what old people do, right? I mean,
0: well, I don't. I wouldn't generalize, now that we know. Well, no, I
1: mean, that, that was our viewpoint when we were totally. 23.
0: Well, we just knew our grandparents did it. Both of our grandparents had an RV and they traveled, and it wasn't... Still have RVs. Still have RVs and travel, <laughs> which we just found out that my grandparents had a Winnebago Brave, and we didn't even know that. Anyway. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so I, I, it was just not something I ever thought about. You just don't think of RVing and going to live in an RV during college. It just wasn't on the radar. So I think yeah. we, I think it was also maybe even like a blessing that we didn't have any percep. I didn't have any perceptions of what RVing would look like. I just thought right. an, ep- an epic road trip around the country was going to be a lot of fun. I had zero anticipation that it would be our lifestyle, something we'd start blogging about or anything like that. Or that we'd be doing a podcast called The RV Entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I never would have guessed any of that. So I would say the biggest thing, how do you know it's right for you? Try it out and just see if you like it. I wouldn't try it out just like for a weekend. I'd try it for like a a week or more because I'm not a camper. I don't like being outside. I don't like bugs or campfires. I love s'mores. So there's one point in the RVing column. I really didn't think that I would be doing this, what, two and a half years later?
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything to add to that other than I have talked to a few people who have given it up over a certain period of time and there's Mm -hmm. been, everyone has different reasons. Uh, Some of it was community based. It's hard. That's
1: a huge thing. It's
0: hard. And we'll transition to that in a minute, but I've heard of people, they were just like, I miss my, I miss family. I miss being close to people. Other people we've talked to, uh, they've, you know, like for us, we, we've spent a lot of time with our family since we've been RVing. We can, you know, they met us in Banff, they met us in Glacier this summer, both of our families. And we're spinning. Well, this
1: past summer specifically, we did a lot better job at trying to connect with people on the road. We caravanned with people. We stayed with with friends and family in, in driveways and met up with people on the road. And we were really, really intentional. Intentional? That's not even what I meant to say. Intentional. It's um, usually me
0: saying the words that aren't words. Yeah,
1: I'm making up words. That's yeah. your thing. I've, I've picked it up from you. So we we were really intentional this past summer. And so we didn't really feel that lack of community. And I think building our Facebook community has helped also because then there's at least people that you can talk to all the time about RVing stuff, people that relate to you and understand you. Because that's the biggest thing, right? Is that all of your other friends, like all of our friends from college, they don't RV and they don't really understand because they've never experienced the same lifestyle as us. And so it's a lot harder to relate to them and keep up with those relationships.
0: Yeah, I would say that that's 100% true. Having the group of people around you who help you help affirm that you're not crazy because it's right. such a small percentage of our population who wants to go out and live in an RV and travel or even run their own business or work on the road or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, to, to meet people who are telling you that's not crazy, that's really cool. And I'm doing it. I've been doing it. Uh, here's what I've learned in the past couple of years that can provide support for you I would say that that's my best advice. Join our Facebook group. Plug. Here's a plug for that. Make Money in RV. Because it, some of the best people I've met online, it really has. We've met a yeah. lot of great friends out of there. And that's probably one of the best advice I can get for communities is just join ours, selfishly.
1: Oh, well, it's like, join ours and then like we can be friends with you. Exactly. Like, yeah, we, not,
0: can, we can hang out. Not
1: like ours is better than anyone right, else's. Right, we, right, just, yeah. we just want to be your friend more than whoever else is out there.
0: <laughs> so another question, What does our day to day planning look like? You're the planner type mm-hmm. a of our marriage. You're the type a of my type B. I don't know if that's a saying I just made that's it up. That's
1: not a saying. Okay.
0: So what does our day to day planning look like
1: for, I mean, that's it, a pretty broad question for work, for travel.
0: Um, let's say for both. Like if we're, if we're just planning, a typical day, or if there is a typical day, I would say our travel is broken up into a couple different categories. Right, right now, we're stationary, San Marcos, Texas, here right. for a, f- a few months, planning the RV Entrepreneur Summit. Two months. Seeing uh, you know, seeing your family, seeing my family. So there's this day-to-day planning, which is really we just wake up at work each day.
1: It's right. really,
0: Yeah, it's really not that much. But when we're traveling, I would think probably people would be more concerned. Like, what do our days look like when we're traveling? How do we plan our days?
1: I don't think we plan ahead that much.
0: No, well, we don't. At
1: at all, especially when it comes to like which days we're going to travel. And I think a good example of this is whenever we left Santa Cruz <laughs> a couple... Wow, it is already December. That was in September. So I guess a couple months ago. We left Santa Cruz and we were going down to LA to meet with a production company. And after that, we weren't really sure what we were going to do next. And we ended up finding a random RV park on the, I think the Colorado River staying there for a couple days and just hanging out because it was the desert and it was really good weather, surprisingly. And we just kind of meandered. And then whenever we were like, you know, we're tired of the desert, we just booked it home and got over here to Austin. And so it was really just a, by the seat of our pants, wherever mm-hmm. we want to go. And I think a lot of that is having, knowing that we have internet anywhere has been the biggest thing for letting us change our plans at at the drop of the hat because now we don't have to worry about going to a Starbucks or finding an RV park that has reliable internet or anything like that. We can go wherever we want, whenever we want. I mean, that's the beauty of our full-time RVing, but I think for people like us that work full-time and work on the road, having internet and having like our Verizon jetpack is key.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would add to that. The The most planning we've done has been almost centered around events in our lives. Like, This year, we premiered our Hourly America documentary in Portland during World Domination Summit, and so we knew that we were going to be in Portland during that time, Right. and what other events? We knew that we were going to Banff because we decided it would be awesome, so we knew that...
1: Well, we knew we were going to Banff because we made reservations ahead of time, because they book out, and we ended up boondocking on the side of the road a couple of times.
0: So so I would say, like, over the past... And then we knew we were going to be in northern Alabama for a few months while we were editing our documentary earlier this Mm -hmm. year, so I would say that... We don't really have a hardcore set of plans all the time for what we're going to do on a day to day basis. We kind of structure our year loosely based off of events that are happening in different parts of the country. Like we have right. a client in Portland or we have an event that's happening in a different city. Uh, so I may be speaking at a big summit in May on in Charleston, South Carolina this coming May. So we, you know, okay. we're tentatively planning our route kind of around that. So. We're still figuring it out, but that's been kind of our biggest uh, way that we've done it up to this point. Okay, so what about tools that we use on the road, both mm-hmm. for, I guess, RVing, this is another question, and running our business?
1: Tools. I can, I can
0: jump in first, if you want me to.
1: I, yeah, I just wrote a long blog post on different <coughs> tools. Already, but,
0: Resources, yeah. yeah. So I would say, um, I'll start off with the running our business on the road tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I communicate with my two co-founders for campground Booking. We use the mess out of Slack hands down, best messaging tool, I think, out there right now is Slack. We use it um, every day. We can call each other through there, upload files through there. Uh, We do our to-do list so we know what each other's working on through Slack. It's really, really helpful. Uh, I live in Google Drive a lot. Alyssa and I use that to collaborate on stuff, Mm -hmm. and that's what we send proposals to clients to. That's what we, we do blogs through a lot of times. I'll write my blogs in there and share it with her or share it with people that we're writing for, like Winnebago. Uh, so we use Google Drive a lot. I'm trying to think of what else off the top of my head.
1: You Use OneNote a lot.
0: I, I journal every morning in my OneNote, which is just this app. It's kind of like Evernote, but it's OneNote, and it's just the One. It's that, by
1: Microsoft. It's my Microsoft. It's it's,
0: yeah, it's weird that I have it from Microsoft uh, because I feel like Mac people are usually more Evernote people, but. Yeah,
1: we're just not that cool. Uh,
0: anyway, I've just been using it for like two and th- over actually like three or four years. Yeah. I journal in You've been in using
1: it since long before we got married. I
0: really need to figure out how to back it up actually so I don't lose all my journals. But
1: It automatically syncs to your email to Microsoft.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how to get into that. Oh,
1: goodness.
0: Okay, what about you? What tools do you use?
1: What tools do I use? I use the Adobe Suite all the time, mostly because I primarily record and edit videos. And so I use Adobe Premiere all the time. Um, I use OneNote also. Asana is great. Gmail. What else? I can just look at all my tabs that are open up over here. <laughs> um, my Day Designer. I mean, I, I don't know. I think of whenever I think of tools, I think it's all online stuff. But it my my either. Day Designer, my planner, sitting over here next to me with all my
0: notes. You in live it. in that thing every day. Every day. The Day Designer. Yeah. All right. So let's go into a couple questions that people asked specifically. These are actually real questions, not ones I. Oh, and out. the Kindle. In the Kindle.
1: That's a huge resource.
0: So Abel from our Facebook group asks, he says, mm-hmm. I'm not mechanically inclined. I can change a tire, though I'm not sure it's more difficult with an R V. It definitely is. And one of the concerns I have with You've living You never
1: change a tire in R V though.
0: But it is more difficult. Yeah. And one of the concerns I have with living in R V is maintenance and repairs. How have you dealt with those living uh, when they've come up? And what do you wish you had known and been prepared for when you first hit the road? So I would say, Abel, I'll answer this. Uh, I'm not mechanically inclined whatsoever. My dad helped me so much growing up. He basically did everything. I held the flashlight um, and I wish I would have done more and known more. And <clears throat> but, it, but it hasn't really hindered us, I would say. When we bought our first RV, it was 20 years old. In our first year on the road, we averaged three to four hundred dollars a month on maintenance. And I ended up having to do a lot of this stuff on my own because I had never done it. Even when we renovated the RV, I called Alyssa and said, hey, I bought a bunch of paint. By the way, I've never actually painted anything in my life but I'm feeling really overconfident. I'm also going to throw some new yeah. floors in the RV and it's going to be great. Yeah. And so it that ended, was
1: a stressful time for it me. It didn't
0: end up turning out. Okay. But I, I had to learn basic things like how to flush out the radiator. Cause we were overheating when we were driving out the Pacific coast highway, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how to patch uh, leaks in our roof, Uh, There was other things, you know, basic mechanical things I had to kind of figure out. And I did learn a lot with our older RV, more than I've learned with our new RV because it's under warranty. We've just been taking it into the shop to get stuff fixed when it's come up. But YouTube has been my friend. I would say that, Abel, if you're open to just learning, you know, stuff, if you're not scared to just try and jump into it, then when things come up, the RV community online and Facebook groups like RV Tips, our Facebook group at Make Money in RV. Uh, YouTube, whatever is extremely helpful and open to people who are having issues. And I would say that I'm better for it, better for having to learn some of the stuff.
1: Yeah. And I would just add to that. We did have a a roof leak in our old RV and I kept telling him, it's the antenna. If we remove the antenna, which we never use, we remove it, then the leak will stop. And he's like, no, 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 it's right here. I'm just going to patch it. It'll be fine. And he patched it, and then he patched it again, and then he patched it a third time, and it was still leaking. I said, that is it. And I found the, the instruction manual, the installation manual for this antenna that was 21 years old at that point. I found a scan of it online, and I figured out how to install it, and then reverse engineered it, and I removed that thing. Mostly by myself.
0: No, I removed that with your dad. I did. I remember. It got on the roof, and I removed it. Okay. I remember it ruined my shorts.
1: Also ruined like three screwdrivers. I don't know. Anyway, Maybe we got ridiculous. it. We got it out,
0: and it did fix it. And you were right.
1: Yes. So, so I would say the key is to listen to your wife. Oh my goodness. First.
0: All right. Moving on. Lou asks. I know you two have discussed defining workspaces in the past. Is that still the case, or do you tend to gravitate toward one another? Well, that could be intimate. Anyway, <laughs> I guess that would also depend on the job required both your input. So uh, Alyssa sits at the our dinette table, we're recording this on Facebook live right now, actually. Mm -hmm. And, um, Hey everyone that's listening on Facebook live. (laughs) And so she sits here at the dinette table with her iMac most of the day. And I'll sit in the front in the passenger seat with a little fold over desk most of the day, which was
1: built into our, which was
0: built into our rig, which is awesome. And I like a lot, but I tend to hunch over there a lot and it gets kind of crammed So I also will use, uh, Alyssa brought in the RV her old piano stand with a little cutting board, a little wooden cutting board, Mm -hmm. and I use that as a standing desk quite a bit. So I'll kind of split up my time between standing at that standing desk and in the passenger seat.
1: And sometimes you'll work outside, which is often where you'll take the stand-up. Exactly,
0: but it's raining outside today. But if it's nice, I'll sit outside and work. That's actually where I prefer to be a lot of times. Outside, if it's nice, I'll, I'll
1: try to get out there. Yeah, but I would definitely say we have defined workspaces.
0: For sure. All right. Other questions that people have asked. You want to ask one?
1: Yeah. Do you have a system in place to make decisions for the business? And is it separate from how you make personal decisions? Ooh,
0: that's a good question. I'm
1: curious about how you can differentiate between work life and home life when you are so intertwined. Again, dirty. I fear (laughs) that this may be a huge challenge for us, but maybe not.
0: This This is our biggest problem. I wouldn't say it's a problem. It's the biggest thing we have to work to, we work through on a daily basis. I think any yeah. couple would be lying if they said they live together in an RV, they work together in an RV, and they they absolutely get a, get along together and have no issues any <laughs> any whatsoever.
1: I, and I would say that most of our arguments and fights are definitely more about work life than personal. Or life. even
0: how to like separate work from you know like... Right. Like, we finish up the work day. So I'm trying to think of some real practical well, I'm, examples. I'm
1: thinking, like, there's a lot of times where I say, Heath, like, I'm not talking to you as your wife. I'm talking to you as your business partner and as your editor. Like, you need to finish your book.
0: Yeah, or and vice you, versa. And
1: doesn't like that.
0: Well, and so, we yeah, so we just... To
1: be fair, like, we've had a lot of conversations about how you feel like I'm being a nagging wife, and I feel like you're being a bad business partner. And, like, having to strike that balance and figure out, Where's the line where I can bug you and need you to get a project done and where I'm just being annoying.
0: And I tend to try to be in over business mode all the time. And so yeah. we'll work until, you know, I there's a lot of times when we're just at the RV right now. And I feel like maybe we're overcompensating for as much fun stuff and travel that we did this summer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But where we'll easily work till eight or nine at night, and, and, you know, we'll eat dinner, take a break, maybe watch Netflix. Uh, show, yeah, so. we'll
1: maybe watch Netflix.
0: Yeah, and then and then we'll <laughs> then we'll do some more work or something like that, and or sometimes we'll just like step out of the RV. But I'm still wanting to talk about work and bring it up. So for me, it's like trying to figure out how do I remove that from my mind and you know be husband too and not right. just be business partner. So it's just it's I would say it's our biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. But I but also think it's a struggle that any person in our position would have to go through. We've only been married two and a half years. We're far from. Experts and I don't think we ever will be, and I don't think anybody is in this subject. But I think we can keep getting better at it.
1: Yeah, I think for us, I would think we'd both say that working together is one of those more rewarding parts of our marriage that we didn't expect. I can't tell. It's also through... a very
0: like diplomatic answer, but the real.
1: Well, I I wasn't done. I was yeah. going to say like most couples don't work together. Like you and I, we have all the same clients, and we have to talk together about business decisions and biz dev and finances and all that stuff every single day, but that's not a reality for most people.
0: Right. And most people probably wouldn't want it, uh, either. So yeah, it's something that we're, that we're constantly working through, figuring out. And also some of how the other stuff is just so people can kind of have context to what we're talking about. Uh, so for instance, a lot of our clients that we've done video courses for, so Mm. I have been almost the first point of contact a lot of times. And for lack of a better word, you're
1: you're my salesman.
0: I've pretty much done the sales. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of the clients and in the earlier clients, I was actually doing the majority of the work when we did our first course with jaw Jung, the uh, author of rejection proof, I filmed all those videos to be
1: fair. I wasn't being paid for that. So correct.
0: Right. But I'm just saying, yeah, in that, in that work, (laughs) I wasn't
1: actually hired.
0: Yeah. So gradually over time, Alyssa has taken over more and more of that role where she has, maintain communication with our clients, set up our meetings, sent them agendas and also edited all the videos. And I've still been on every call and we still mm-hmm. talk through decisions together on a weekly basis and and all that good stuff. But she's kind of taken over a lot more of that role and which has allowed me to produce this podcast to work on, you know, starting the Facebook community, building out campground that
1: booking, campground
0: booking uh, especially. And so I would just say we're constantly honing and refining where our partnership and marriage like le- stops and where we are, can be business partners and how we can improve communication over time. But that's a really good question.
1: Yeah. Constant learning process. Yeah.
0: You wanna ask the next question. It's harder for me because like, I'm looking yeah, at I, you. Yeah, no,
1: I got it. Uh, <laughs> so when you're driving to new destinations, can one of you work easily while the other is driving? Yeah. I work all the time while he <laughs> drives me places. Would there be any problems with internet Wi-Fi on the move?
0: No, as long as you're in a good area, I mean,
1: if you're on an interstate, you're not gonna have a problem. If you're on back roads or in the mountains, then probably. it'll go in and out.
0: Yeah, I mean, we use our Verizon Jetpack constantly. Best investment of the year has been getting an unlimited plan from yes. Verizon. If you want to uh, learn more about that, email us info at heathandalissa dot com and we'll hook you up uh, with our guy. We have an internet guy, and <laughs> but that's been amazing. And yeah, she she works a lot when I drive and. I miss being able to work when, I, when I'm when i not driving, but I'm glad that you get to work.
1: You listen to audiobooks. I listen
0: to a lot of audiobooks or podcasts. YouTube videos,
1: podcasts, yeah. Yeah,
0: listen to Gary V.
1: A lot of stuff. Okay, so when you guys boondock, do you do this often? I guess that's also in reference to the internet. Um, was your RV ready to boondock when you purchased it, or did it, you have to add features? Also, how does boondocking affect working? Good questions. Um, Those are all from the same person by the way. So, we do boondock way more this summer than last summer, and I would say it's definitely more difficult to get good service when boondocking, just because most of our boondocking experience is in or around national or state parks, and so you don't always have great service. So, we know that before we go into any national park, which is good because then we can figure out what projects we want to focus on. So, it's usually when we focus on writing, for me, and that's usually when I focus on Focus on video editing because those are things that we can do that don't require internet connection.
0: Yeah, and a lot, and I would say the best resource for this at the moment is Camp Indium. Yeah. is we'll jump on Camp Indium. Uh, our friend Brian runs that site. It's a really great resource for people, and you can get on there and look at boondocking locations. And if there's been our viewers who have went there before you, which there probably have been, because you're looking at it on there, mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll leave. Uh, reviews of the Wi-Fi signal for AT and T or Verizon. So ahead of time, you know yeah. pretty much how many bars you're getting in these locations, and if you have a Wi-Fi booster or cell booster, then you know what. How would that be amplified? So a lot of times, you can kind of check the Wi-Fi signal for some of these remote boondocking locations uh, while you're before you go. And like you said, working on a lot. Probably our best strategy for that has been kind of doing work like editing podcasts, video, writing. And doing kind of our offline work. I think so. In regards to how does it affect our working, mm-hmm. um, I think we want to go out and play more sometimes when we're boondocking because we're in a really pretty place. But at right. the same time,
1: and it's like, well, I don't have these distractions of getting on the internet. So why don't I go yeah, outside?
0: Exactly. So I would say that's those have been some of my probably some of my favorite experiences this summer. Yeah. Uh, was it was when we were boondocking out near the Tetons. When I, I took my buddies down to Big Ben, we did some uh, dispersed camping in the park, boondocking. So much fun. I would say those are, those are our most camping-like experiences where we're in nature, and they're so super meaningful. They're not realistic all the time uh, for a couple reasons. We don't have solar on our RV. We can equip it for that, but it doesn't come with it. So that's our biggest issue right now. So we've gotta run our generator for an hour in the morning and the evening because our fridge is a residential sized fridge yeah. and it'll kill our
1: battery if we don't. If we didn't have a residential fridge, if we had an R V fridge, which can convert to runoff of propane, then I think we would boondock way, way more often because yeah. we could handle it. Um, but yeah, we do have to, I feel like we have to run our generator all the time and we make like at least like five cups of coffee in the morning with our cure egg. At least. And so having to have the generator on for a long period of time, which is rude or not allowed in a lot of boondocking locations, it's, it's just kind of an annoying thing. And I like having our view parks, I like having constant water and electricity. and Yeah,
0: but but we also enjoy the some tubs. of these dispersed camping at times. So Yeah,
1: so I think it's good to have a blend. Yeah. I think I'd be happy with like a 50 50 blend that's the other question. This next question, how long in advance do you plan your trips, places and places to stay? How did you work it out when you first started? And what have you changed since then? I think
0: we've already kind of touched on this a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, when we first started, we really, we had a plan.
0: Yeah. We were doing hourly America. So we were so trying we to had a plan. 48 now we, states in seven months. We don't have
1: a plan. Right.
0: That's Period. pretty much it.
1: Period. Planning is not really like a thing. It's like, oh, hey, we want to go there. Well, we plan what side of the country we're going to visit. That's pretty much it. Yeah. This past year was West. Next year is East. We keep it pretty simple.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. If -hmm. you have any more questions, uh, you can drop them in our Facebook group or on our Facebook page at Heath and Alyssa, or connect with us on Instagram, Heath Padgett or Alyssa Padge. Uh, We'd love to chat with you guys. And Thank you guys for tuning in to this podcast today. Do you want to add anything else, Alyssa?
1: Yeah, if you liked it, tell Heath to uh, talk to me more. <laughs> we'll uh, have more episodes together.
0: Yeah, so if you like this episode, give us a shout-out uh, on Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook, or whatever, your preferred method. Or and, email. Uh, we'll bring Snail Alyssa mail. back on the show. Uh, and also, this is also live broadcasted on our Facebook page, so if you want to like watch us instead That's of listen... That's so
1: <laughs> creepy. If you want to watch us... Go to facebook.com slash Heath and Alyssa.
0: Yeah, that is kind of weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyways, yeah. All right. I'll see you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.
1: Bye.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, head on over to heathandalyssa.com forward slash episode 41. That's episode spelled out and then number 41. If you're running a business or have a cool project that you're completing while traveling across the country, shoot me an email and let me know so I can share your story at the end of this podcast. This is a project, a little experiment I'm doing right now where I'm asking anyone who listens if you're working on a project or you're currently doing something or you're running a business that you're trying to take remote, shoot me an email heath at Campground Booking, and let me know what you're working on so I can share your story at the end of the episodes. And one more thing before you go, last year in 2016, I released episodes I tried to release episodes every week of the podcast and I did the best I could, uh, but I believe I can do better. So maybe I didn't do the best I could, but I'm going to be releasing a new episode every Tuesday of this podcast. So every Tuesday, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, I will be releasing a new episode of the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. So you can set your schedule to that. If you'd like to tune in and check on Tuesday mornings for new podcast episodes, and if for some reason you get an iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast from, Overcast, whatever, and you don't see new podcast episode in there on Tuesday morning, shoot me an email and bug the mess out of me because this is a big priority for me in 2017 to make sure I'm publishing consistently, treating this professionally, um, because this has been a big part of my life, and I want to continue providing value for you guys, and I wanted. to be dependable. And so anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that that's what's happening in 2017. Consistent episodes coming out every Tuesday. uh, So you can look forward to that. And uh, I'll see you guys next week on Tuesday morning at 8am for the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.